You are listening to a production of the Toll Network. This is Laser Knees number 109, Return of the Grongi Magician. I'm Aleph. And I'm Sono, and this is Dino Knight Sentai Ryu Soldier, episode 45, Get That Heart Back, and 46, The Noble Dragon Knights. The Noble Dino Knights, excuse me. And my, they are very noble. Aren't they? Uh, our episode writer for both was Yamaoka Junpei. Directing episode 45 was Koichi Sakamoto. Uh, and 46 was Kamihori Chikazuya. So the, the former king and the guy who's taken his crown. Heck yeah. Because, uh, like, look, I'm I'm not going to be, like, I'm not even going to get into all the, the deep and frustrating stuff about Koichi Sakamoto. Because, hey, he didn't do it this time. Uh, again, good for him. But, boy, Kamihori Chikazuya uh, coming for that crown. Him He's and, him and very that very good at his job. Yeah, him and that fellow who who can both write and direct. Uh, uh, uh Thank you. Yeah, uh, that guy also going for it. They, oh yeah. These guys have understood what what I have come to think of as the the wire principle, which is uh, if you're gonna take a shot at the king, you best not miss. And uh, guess what? Like Kazuya and and. What was the other fellow's name? Oh my goodness, I have... Uh, Taka Hiroya. Yeah, and Hiroya, they do not miss. Not even a little. But uh, before I just start going off on just some weird sidelong rant, because uh, it's me, let's get to the bad stuff in these episodes so that we can get on to praising the stuff that rocked, which was... uh, Most of it. (laughs) Yeah, pretty dense on the ground. Truth to tell. Okay, so um, is the show just... Not gonna talk about how Master Black killed a bunch of people. Because that dude killed a bunch of people um, when he went to go do whatever exactly it's been that he's doing for the past hundred-ish years. And even, you know, if he's doing this whole double agent within the Duridon thing, you know that he still did a good handful of murders and maybe we should be a little mad at him for it. Attacking the whole village to try and keep Bamba and Toa from getting involved in this fight was, I don't know, maybe not his brightest idea? Like, okay, Master Green was gone by then, into space, being Geysorg. But, he, you know, he probably could have told Masters Red, Blue, and Pink and the Elder about the situation, and formed a plan that didn't involve assaulting an entire village and his student who he traumatized like i don't know maybe this is the dude that should be sacrificing his life for the team as penance instead of nada and seto i'm just saying and uh, i would i would have to agree with you there and look even if and please understand that is a big underlined if uh, we want to go down and say, okay, you know, maybe his double agent thing was the smart idea or the right idea, whatever. But like, look, if you are, if you're a member of a law enforcement agency or something like that, and you go undercover and you do some murders, even if your justification is, well, I had to do it for the greater good so that the bad guys would trust me. Sorry, you still got to go to jail. <laughs> you, I, I, I know that we're not especially like massively big fans of a lot of the law enforcement establishment as it currently exists, but also it's what we've got. And sorry, when you murder people, uh, you should go to jail. Just 
I feel like that's not the the most uh, controversial stance we've had on this show. But like again, he he wa- we want to talk about the big sacrifices that he made. Ah, oh, yes, I even sacrificed my morality. Well, it's not a sacrifice if you're not willing to pay the price, dude. Because from the look, you kill a bunch of people, you talk about the sacrifices made, and you ain't lost nothing. Okay, he did lose a few hundred years of his life while he was out murdering people in space. But um, I don't know, man. Just, I don't buy it. Sorry, no. Also related to this, are we just not going to talk about how Sodden was an actual Druidon that Master Black killed and then started wearing his corpse to disguise himself? Like, that's ghoulish. Yeah, you know, when you put it that way, yeah, because I I mostly just think, oh yeah, you know, they're weird armored critters, and they are themselves suits, because they're... But boy, in the lore, in the the kayfabe, as they say in pro wrestling circles, yikes. A good thing that apparently Doritons don't rot or smell bad when they die. Yeah, like, as much as I love Ko's plan to, like, disguise himself as Sodden and not have it be Master Black to trick Precious and recover the heart, because that was a really good moment and a fun plan. That was really sick, just the, ah, oh, oh, god, it hurts, I'm kidding. (laughs) That was great, but I'm still kind of skeeved by multiple people having worn this literal corpse. (laughs) Like, that's... It's a little much yeah. for me, personally. No, that's... Mm. Look, even as a guy, like, I like body horror. This isn't body horror. That's just, like you said, ghoulish. Ghoulish is the word. <laughs> and, like, a- again, the surprise of that moment was nice, but it did feel a little weird when, you know, we see Ko in the lineup outside and he's part of the fight when they run in on Gunjoji. And then we cut to Sodden appearing inside, and that turns out to be Ko, and he's just no longer in the fight outside. Like, if we had some kind of disguised soul, and it had been Master Black disguised as Ko, and Ko had then disguised himself as Sodden in kind of like a bait-and-switch, like, okay. But that's not the case. Ko somehow, like, went into that fight, then disappeared put on a corpse, and went inside to be- to pretend to be another dude pretending to be another dude. I have to say I really appreciate, like, just the- like, when you lay it all out like that, wow, that is a bonkers plan. Also, like, okay, you bring up a disguise soul, or there had to be some other way to do this that wasn't putting on a dude's literal body. As in his corpse, because he's not in that body anymore. It has been hollowed out and made into a suit that a man can wear. It's just, it's real creepy. Yeah, that's, like, I confess, later on there are some great Sentai moments. That's, that's one of those bits where I'm like, man, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I, I'm i sure there have been other Sentai who've done this. But man, like, none of them that, that come to mind, and none of them where you'd be like, oh, that was a cool thing you did. Like, you know, clever, maybe. Resourceful, sure. Nothing comes to mind where it's you hollowed out a dude and have been wearing his skin for a century. And you're on the good guy side. Yeah. <laughs> Again, so, like, 
I'm very happy that the implication is that uh, Bamba is taking the title of Master away from him. Cause, and then after that, it's, okay, I'm the new Master Black, and it's the new Master Black. You go to jail, and also we're going to give you a therapist, a core-mandated therapist, because uh, you've been wearing a dude's corpse for a century, and apparently you think that's fine, and yo, <laughs> I'm not saying we're going to give you a guilt complex about it, but I am saying... I just want to make sure you know that that's really messed up, right? Because <laughs> you were just real chill about saying, hey, other dude, nice person who I just met, who is the equivalent for our people of 20 years old. Why don't you put on this corpse? <laughs> Boy, again, once you once you point out that that's what it is in the, in the show, like, ooh, wow. It makes a lot of stuff real weird. Also really makes me curious about the uh, the physiology of those guys and how he how he kept this up for that long because even if Saden doesn't really have much of a personality or at least Uden didn't like that's a hundred years of never ever slipping up even a little honestly if it had just been like Precious been like okay thank you for finally taking off that fake disguise of this guy I know like if Precious knew and was like oh you're just wearing my friend's corpse. Alright, whatever. As long as you work for me, it's fine. Like, that would have been a great moment. But, yeah. Nah, it's real messed up. Okay, so I I actually really like the brown Geysorg suit. Um, to me, it's more of a copper. And I think it actually looks really good on that design. I'm kind of mad that they called it brown instead of copper, but that's not why it's in this section. <laughs> The reason it's up here in the bad things is because as cool as that suit looks, and as much as I kind of like the idea of Seto throwing himself into the fray and having that contingency set up... That's a really clever plan. Yeah. The fact that it was this weird, goofy, oops, he's an old man and can't actually fight sequence in the middle of this really critical juncture of the show just felt really poorly timed and out of place. It was some fun suit acting, and I appreciate that, but this really wasn't the time. Yeah, because we're running up against the end of the show, and, and even as I appreciate the idea of it, because, I mean, on paper, yeah, I, I can see why you do it, but it's just, it's a long way to go for a joke that doesn't really land, because they had to make that suit re- Sure, even if it's just the old guy's work suit and they just spray-painted it, like, they still had to- do the spray paint, get it on a dude, have him pop up, etc. Just, it, it's a long way to go for a joke that doesn't really work. Though, I have to say, like, okay, given that it's, it's Ryu Soul Brown, I'm glad they didn't try and make a poop joke out of it, because, like, you know the kids like fart jokes. Yeah, I am always grateful every time they don't do a poop joke. Because I, I confess, I was waiting for it. And, and, like, the worst one seemed to be, yeah, it's Ryusol Rust. And I was like, honestly, though, uh, I know that I'm supposed to be like, ah, that's a terrible name. Uh, give me a rusted-looking Ryusol Geysorg armor? That sounds freaking sick, dude. Yeah. But then I, I like Rust as, as an aesthetic, so, you know, each their own. I'm sure it'd be a hard toy to sell. Yeah, but they're also not going to sell a toy of this anyway. Yeah, there you go. So, what the heck? So, as happy as I am that Weisel is back, and we're going to talk about that later, 
it felt very abrupt. And the fact that we didn't get to see a proper reunion between him and Koreon felt like we got kind of cheated out of a crucial emotional moment. Like, it kind of felt like that had happened off-screen before he properly came back. And it also felt like they kind of tried to shift that crucial emotional moment onto Precious when Weisel is like, Hey, I don't want another one of us to die. What if we just, like, chill out about this? And that she just kind of accepted that? Without even a bare minimum of, like, hey, I was awful, why are you forgiving me? Yeah, remember that bit where I literally took your heart out of your chest? Like, it, it felt like we kind of missed a crucial step in Precious's emotional redemption. And that from there, like, Eris would respond to her guardians deciding to end their attack on the planet and reconcile and be cool by killing one of them to absorb as a body felt a little weird when we'd already established that Eris's whole thing was that she was mad that they were doing the fighting. Like, if she'd somehow managed to absorb Koreon and was like, I'm gonna use this power to reabsorb all life and kill you all and start over, that would have at least made a little sense. And then it also would have given us final boss Koreon, Which, technically. I mean... Hell yeah. Also, And it, it would have done... No, go ahead. Oh, I was just thinking, it also would be the smartest body to take over, because, hey, you know what Crayon is? Immortal. Yeah. No organs, y'all. So, like, it, it would make sense on that level, and it would have done this really wild thing that I don't know if we've seen Sentai do in a hot minute, where we use our final arc to rescue a semi-redeemed villain character. Yeah, it has been a Which minute. would be really cool. I, you could maybe count Tokyuger? I mean, kind of. Not really, but kind of. Sort, sorta? But, like, otherwise, I really can't think of anyone that's done that. So, like, that would have been really cool. But it's just, I feel like every event that happens between Weisel's return and the end of this episode, it feels like we jump from point A to point C without going through point B. There's just, like, a step missing. Yeah. Like, should I be sad that Precious is maybe dead? Should I be, like, excited that Weisel is back? I am, but, like, the emotional impact of it isn't there. They didn't give me these moments where I could feel these things before revealing Eris 2, the one with legs. So I'm just kind of halfway between having a lot of emotions. No, that's fair. And it's very jarring. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're... You can't skip a step. Yeah, it's like I understand you had a lot of things to do in the last five minutes of that episode, but maybe you should have made it the last 10 minutes of the episode. Like, I don't know, cut out the the reuse? I, I mean, I guess you could have just had Seto, like, leave at the end of the show. You didn't need to have him have this moment. You didn't need to put the barrier up and have Gunjoji fight them. Like, I don't know, there's just ways... There are things that could have been cut out to put in these moments of emotional impact. Yeah, but they... 
they've made their choices. Goodness knows why. Uh, but at least Monster Suit Eris does seem pretty cool. Uh, yeah. She was kind of obscured by a lot of light, so I'm, I'm kind of excited to get a better look at her once 47 airs. Same, because, like, I, I'm just glad Eris got a face before the end. Even if it looks like it's, it might not exactly be a face face, like, you know, with a nose and stuff, but it's... Well, I think it's a skull. Yeah, exactly. I think she's got, like, a skull... Like a ram skull going on yeah, up there. Which, um, hey, you know, I I do like a cool skull head villain, and a, a ram skull's a good skull to use, y'all. Speaking of good stuff, aha, uh, let's get into the stuff we liked in these episodes, because uh, there was a bit. Oh, there was quite a pile. Um, the look of absolute joy on Melt's face as they come out of the secret tunnel and realize, and he realizes they're at his village was really sweet. Like, this kid has not left his village for the entire 200-something years of his life. And I have to imagine he's been kind of homesick in the year he's been gone. And I know that in the span of, like, their very long lives, a year isn't that much. But if you think about it, like... If you try and scale it down, it's been like a whole month that this dude has been forced out of his home, unable to go back. So I can imagine why he'd get a little bit of joy from getting to, like, see his hometown, even for, like, just a minute. Hmm. Not to mention, like, okay, the, the bit I took was that on top of that, he's not just coming home, he's also finding out something new about his hometown, which, I mean... He's been here for a couple hundred years. You gotta believe Kid's probably pretty sure he knows this place like the back of his hand at this point. But no, here's here's a secret tunnel. Uh, though, it does make me wonder where everyone else is. Because, like, I'm just gonna paper over it by by imagining that the, the Reusol people have been let know that this is coming and that stuff's getting real. But still, it was just, it seemed weird. They're like, oh, hey, we're in the village. I'm like, what village? Where? It's, I think the village is up in that weird structure that's up on the hill. I think they all live in there. Oh, Because okay. the base of it, where they came out, is where we saw Ko and Melt and Asuna training. Like, the night before they were supposed to go leave to fight the Minosaurs, and Ui shows up and, like, gives them a banana. Like, that's where they were, is okay. where they came out. That's okay. Yeah, good point, good point. So I think the village is actually up on that hill in that kind of, like, ruins structure. But actually, like, thinking back on that a bit, like, that that's where they were at the beginning of the show, it's kind of cool how close they were to the final boss without knowing it. Mm. I think, yeah, that is a lot of fun. Like, that's actually a really cool circle to close. And it's, yeah, we start here, we end here, and... Y'all, I'm a big fan of that, because that's that's the quickest way to show how far we've come. And, boy, we have come very far. Um, I do kind of enjoy the running joke in these episodes of Master Black, like, demanding to see Seto. And every time he does, Ui's dad is just like, buddy, I don't know who that is. Like, I'm Tatsui. Are you looking for my neighbors? This is my house. I'm not them. They live there. Like, the idea... The idea that after all this time, he hasn't either caught on 
or that no one has filled him in that sometimes he's possessed by this dude is pretty dang funny. Just, like, no one's told him. Which is, like, it's funny, but also, like, what the heck? That's kind of messed up, you guys, because, uh, he does, like, pass out and then lose time. You could probably explain to him that, you know, there's there's a skinwalker that's taking him over. You know, just... Out of courtesy, yeah. Especially since sometimes it's just like it's it's like in in that time when they were playing ping pong with Nada, sniffle sniffle. More until totally I join you, dude. And they just mention Seto and just Mr. Tatsui passes out. <laughs> yes. No, no, we don't need you right now. Okay. Like that's really. Whew. But also like this so I... this comedic bit works because this is at the start of the episode. Things haven't got all intense yet. Where that haha break in forty six with with uh, Russell Brown just it doesn't it doesn't work, which sucks because it it is nice to have those bits of levity like this in these episodes where things get kind of intense. But just dang. Also, hey Seto, um, my dude, maybe be chill and pop out when you know that this dude is coming in to see you after spending a hundred years living in some other dude's corpse, like. It's so weird. Are you mad at Master Black? You know, because of the aforementioned murders of many, many, many Reusol people? Because, like, I could get with that. That would actually be a very good thing. I don't want to talk to him. Why not? Oh, you know, the murders. But we just, he's just being actively unhelpful for no reason, and that really frustrates me. Yeah, though I do like this sequence of, like, oh, but how can we get him to show up? Well, let's... He shows up when when the dad is asleep, so let's use the sleep soul. Or, you know, maybe we can, if we use the question soul, we can, like, talk him out. What if we set him on fire? Oh, no, we can't do that. Like, that was a really funny scene. That was. Yes, that's true. I, I do love a good, honestly, I love anything where someone just suggests setting someone else on fire, and everyone else is like, well, no, here are the reasons why that's bad. Number one. What the hell are you talking about? That's a terrible idea. So, uh, I was- hey, I was right about my- my old guess from when Precious first showed up about her being the Druidon that caused Master Green to resort to Geysorg. That's neat. That is neat. It's not a super big called it, but, uh, it's a thing- it's a loose thread that I didn't think they were gonna get around to tying up. Um... Because we're dealing with some other stuff, and recent Sentai has not always been good about tying up their loose threads. Yeah, they're but not... they did. Yes, yes, they did, and it's it's. We we actually saw Master Green in the Geysorg armor in the flashback. And I just I like when things get tied up like that, especially since something tells me like the bit I want to get tied up is not going to happen. Because uh, give me something with the PM, you cowards. She's so cool, I want to see the Prime Minister again. She's just got so much narrative potential. And also, she would have been a great host for Eris. Oh, yeah, then we could have had some stuff with Master Black and Eris going back and forth. And hey, those two actors are married. Exactly. And not to mention, it would be like, So, hey, I hear you're very depressed and want to die. And then they can then they can do that thing you were talking about where, Oh, no, we're going to save someone. You know, we're, we're going to beat the bad guy and save someone's soul. And that's kind of what they've been doing this whole time, because all of the, the Minosaurs 
are made out of your you know various angsts sort of like in common rider forza where the titular common rider forza would just beat the crap out of your team problems still the most brilliant thing i swear what a good show uh, anyway sorry let's not get off I, I don't want to get off on a on a forza rant i just i, I wanted the prime minister but toei are cowards it's true Okay, so Asuna's plan of pulling Eris out by the roots is not a terrible idea. I get why Mel would be kind of hesitant, because it's probably not going to be easy, because she is big. But also, why not just go above right where she is and use the smash soul and just punch her out of the ground? That's what it's for. I mean, still, like, the problem is that she's grown roots into the earth. So pulling the roots out solves the problem. Asuna isn't wrong. No, I think that's a is a rock-solid plan. And not to mention, I think we'd all love to see her do it. Like, just grab, like, the... the like, okay, they, they keep wanting to have physical comedy. The physical comedy potential of just grabbing, like, a flower that is, like, just got the the one bit and she's just like okay grab this flower with both hands and just starts pulling i I just think it'd be great just just watch austin and just pull this giant thing out of the ground like she's pulling up a turnip and like look i know that that could come off sarcastically so i want to be uh, i want to make it absolutely clear she she could do it and i would love to watch it happen on the show like look Maybe the limit of her strength is that she can't toss Eris hard enough to hit escape velocity. Maybe. I Personally, I think she could, but, you know, I'm not writing the show. But it'd be a great way to start things, because, oh, okay, you thought you were going to just be down there and do the, the mastermind thing? No. Welcome to the light of day. We've pulled you out of the earth, and now we're just going to kick you around like a soccer ball. Would have been great. Also, it's it's great that Precious can just, like, pop out a new limb if one gets cut off. Like, I, I'm trying to think of something else where that happens. It's a sci-fi, it's a common sci-fi alien thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it... You, you know those things there are a lot better of them. than I do. Yeah, I, I nothing comes to mind off the top of my head, but I know I've definitely seen, like, oh, hey, you cut off my arm. Shunk! Well, it's back. Yeah. It's, it's super that. common. Yeah. It's, like, it's gross and weird, and I don't think we've ever seen her regenerate like that before. But also, it feels like something she'd be able to do. So when she did it, I didn't question it at all. I'm just like, oh, of course you can do that. You're weird and creepy and gross. And also, she's mega powerful. So, yeah, it it did make all the sense on Earth. And also, it's just... It's a good, weird, and intense moment, because, like, I can't point to any big moment from Precious where I'm like, ah, yeah, Precious, she's a great villain. Like Weisel. Like Weisel, Tank Joe. I know why they're great. They have moments that, that sing. Precious has never really had anything. She's just there being the worst. And that's, you know, that's a lot, but that's not quite the crowning moment. But at the same time, she's still a top-tier baddie, and it's like, yes, give her a cool thing she can do. Oh, hey, we took off your arm. That's fine. I've got another, like, just the the complete lack of, oh, you 
hey, guess what, Sentai? You're not at all a physical threat to me. Not at all. Not even a little. It doesn't matter. I, I just like that. Which then, you know, it made it really cool when later they go kind of, like, buckwild on her to the point where they're attacking her so fast that she can't regenerate. That was so good. Wolverine! Yeah, Wolverine, Wolverine doesn't really pop out his, his, like, when he loses a limb, he doesn't pop it out quite that quick. Yeah, and I know he's gotta, like, do some stuff, but it's it's a sort of Wolverine-ish yeah, yeah. thing. Uh, they, they make a lot um, of hay with that as as a vector for physical comedy in the Deadpool films. Because, like, he just regenerates massive portions of his body, because unlike Wolverine, he doesn't, like, have a metal skeleton, so it just it's not, like, stuff reforming over bone, it's just like, oh, hey, I have to regrow my entire arm. And right now it's at the baby arm stage. Look at it. No, I don't want to look at it. Look at it. No, it's gross. Sorry. Yeah, I just think um, that's good. That's good comedy. I know there's definitely stuff that does it, yeah, and I, I just cannot, I can't think I of, it can't the think of anything. Head, but I, I'm, I'm right there with you. On a completely different subject, man, it was super unnecessary to just rip Bomba's shirt open in the middle of the fight. Just, just ripped it right off. But man, they sure did it anyway. Okay, look, I realize that on this show, I am kind of the the creep of us so i'm glad that you you've set it up so that i can say this but yes it was sono it was incredibly necessary yeah no that one was for us that was just for us to enjoy yeah like us i'm sure that one was for all of the male interested adult fans watching this show yeah like ev- they know we're out there oh, yeah look every the, the joke is, has long been, like, some characters are there for the mom. Because, like, I guess that, you know, that's the shorthand for, for the male attracted viewers. And, uh, boy, I'm sure after a certain point they're like, wow, Bonba is really here for the moms, isn't he? <laughs> Oof, yeah. I mean, we knew he was hot, but dang, look, check him out on screen. Mm. <laughs> Everybody but, but now loves they're leaning him. into it. Yeah, that dude knows how to lean into it. No one's, no one has a sexy smolder quite like him. It's just, dang. Um, Okay, so I know that this is usually something that I leave for you. But man, that out-of-suit roll call into the group henshin with the opening theme as the backdrop was amazing. Uh, yeah, you ain't half-kidding, dude. (laughs) Like, it was so incredibly well put together and flowed so well. We got these really great displays of everyone's fighting styles as we moved through the roll call. Kishida Tatsuya got to do some prop work, because I guess Bamba's fighting style just involves him spinning weapons, which is great, and I love it every time they have him do it. Yeah, same. And then you get that, you know, they you get that great slow walk in as they transform. The whole sequence was just a work of art. Yeah, it really was. And and look. We gotta make sure it gets highlighted here because, again, the they've had some great henshins just in these past few episodes, and and they deserve our recognition. But I have to say, it also bears mentioning because the the henshins here at the end of the series have been going so hard on a regular basis. My goodness, it just it has been three straight episodes. 
of these absolutely buck wild henshin sequences. And every now and again, like they they seem to want to like dial it back a little, just so the next one will pop. And I'm I'm really for it. Also, I just I kind of suspect that uh, Koichi Sakamoto really wanted to have a really sick roll call that he could point to because everyone else has kind of been outshined. Like they were eating his lunch in some of those henshins, y'all. Yeah. And you know, good. Because, again, I appreciate his directorial style when he's, like, when I don't spend the entire time being like, okay, is this him? Hard to say he hasn't spent, like, a minute looking at a lady's thigh. Am I wrong? You know I'm not. No. It's every now and again, and I just, I think back to watching uh, the, the, the Space Squad movie. And just, like, all of a sudden... When, when Dr. Hotpants comes in, it's just like, oh, hey, I bet this is a Sakamoto joint, isn't it? Oh, God, Girls in Trouble is such a bad film. It's it's so very much a Sakamoto film, but in the worst possible way. Yeah, I just, again, it's, I, I can't even say, you know, just let him direct the TV shows, because, like, don't. Uh, like, look, I, I love Forza. Boy, once you go back and... And watch Forza, remembering that this is the guy who's the head director, and you start noticing a lot more things. And it's just <laughs> like, hey man, these characters are in high school. Maybe don't. These are children. Yeah. This, this extended thing where like we're showing off that Miyu is rich, and it's all just, hey, here's a bunch of girls in bikinis by the pool. Um, hey man, don't. I mean, the, the true irony of that sequence is her essentially being like, doing that is gross, as it's being done. Uh-huh. Like, uh, boy, I feel all kinds of ways about Forza the longer I, I go, but dang if its heart wasn't in the right place. And look, in fairness to Sok, like, I don't even know why I want to be fair to him, but he, he did do some of those really good Ko and Asuna fights. He's really good at getting you to believe that people are very good friends when they're going to go and, like, wreck some people with their bare hands. So, you know... He's a good director! He just needs to, like, calm down and not do that thing. Anyway, sorry, I, I was trying not to go off on this, but boy, that guy. Boy, that guy. Okay, so the last couple frames of the cold open of episode 46, of that hand reaching into the frame to pick up the shreds of Yabasort's heart, like, it didn't even catch for me the first time I watched it, but, it, man, coming back to it a second time, it is very obvious, and that is some of the best foreshadowing I have seen from Sentai in a long time. Yeah, like, look, I'm, I'm not trying to be Mr. Snotty Guy, but I did let out a whoop when that happened because I knew whose hand that was, or at least I strongly suspected because, um, as people who've been listening recently will know, I have been very much banging the gong on Weisel's not dead. So I was just... It, it felt like it would have to be Weisel because more than anything, the, the, the heart on the card was just a recolor of his, man. Yeah, it was. And... Like, it was just such a quick thing that I didn't even register that there was a hand and that meant it had to belong to someone the first time I watched it. But when I circled back for notes, I'm like, oh, dang. 
oh dang, they were he was there. He's been watching. He's been setting this up. Mm-hmm. Probably one of those things where, like, again, I was just banging that drum, so I was looking for it. Because otherwise, why would you? Why would you think, right? Just one of those things. But uh, I just I wanted him to be there because I like what I don't. And he was. Yeah, he was, and they brought me back. Like, I'm still just so happy that they brought me around on him because I wasn't sure about him at first, man. Oh yeah, we were not into him the first handful of episodes he was around. But boy, he just uh, just just weaseled his way in there. He's a good villain, dang it. Anyway, uh, moving on. But, uh, man, my heart broke when Ko said with just the most earnest face that I've seen in quite a while that they can't seal Eris using the Dino Knights because that means Tiramigo would have to leave and he just doesn't want that. Yeah. Yeah, man, that was, um... That was mean. That was savage. It was unkind. This is Ko, who had both his master and Nada die in his arms. Ko, who picked his family in arms over his duty. This is Ko, who chose kindness over violence. He can't just accept a plan that means he'll have to say goodbye to someone he loves. And having him just say that so earnestly, so matter-of-factly that we can't do this because I don't want to say goodbye to you, like, that felt like the perfect culmination of all that we've seen Ko be. Yeah, it, it just, it was, I agree. And just dang if that wasn't some good, good Sentai right there. Because <laughs> it, it got us to the point where it's just this this dude talking to a giant Muppet about not wanting him to get sealed away. He's not even dying. He's just, you know, he's just going to go over there for a little. But um, that that got everyone all weepy, man. Like, I, I had some feelings, and that was just, first off, not allowed. But second, I have to admit, it was very well done. Very impressive. And then, you know, having Tiramigo's response to that be like, okay, come on, we need to... Let's go outside and talk. And have him sit down and tell Ko, like, hey, buddy, I love you too, and that's why I'm willing to do this for you, was such a wonderful emotional response. Like, having Tiramigo talk to Ko like a dad shows how much he's grown from, you know, this kind of temperamental, nonverbal child into this very eloquently spoken adult and it shows how much he's grown and learned about who he is and what his duty is and that he understands the dynamic of comrades versus duty on the same level that Ko does and that Ko is the one that taught it to him yeah it's just it's beautiful also okay I'm I, like and having all that framed with the shot where you're looking at them from behind and it's just this kid and his giant plastic dinosaur friend and and it's the most quietly beautiful moment just again impressive it shouldn't work yeah just 
Just that little friggin' shoulder nudge from Tiramigo just destroyed me. Like, it was just such a soft, kind moment between people who care about each other. It was so good. And honestly, I just, I say again, it's been a while since we mentioned it, but Tiramigo's suit actor deserves some kind of, I don't know, daytime Emmy Tokusatsu award. I don't know what they have over there. He deserves it. Yeah, and then they parallel that by intercutting it with Piton basically having the same conversation with everyone inside about, he's like, he doesn't want to be sealed again. He's scared of it, but... If it's what they need to do in order to protect everyone, then he'll do it. And it really brings the Dino Knights as a whole up to that level that we see Tiramigo at. Which is good, because as we've, as we've complained about once or twice before, like I, I wanted more for the, the individual Dino Knights. I understand the why, I just I wanted more. On a much goofier note, I love Asuna just pounding a can of chips in preparation for this big world-saving battle, like, knocking it back like it's a shot. Like, it's just a little background detail that I found to be incredibly cute. It, it was, but honestly, it it just kind of highlights how good Asuna, and I don't know, maybe the people directing the show, I guess, but I don't, you know, I'm not on set, I don't know who makes what acting choices, but the girl playing Asuna, young woman, like, she's not, like, anyway, she's not... She's an adult, but... Ichiko Osaki. Thank you. I believe... I believe she's the one I just, you know, she's like half my age. Or close to it. I don't know. Anyway, she's very good and knows how to make those moments sing, because I don't know if that was a thing they rehearsed, if that was in the script, or if that's just her, like, right, what's Asuna doing? She needs some carbs. It just... it It's great. It's fun. I love it. Speaking of cute, the way Bamba's mouth twitches when Toe is like, oh, this is just his way of saying he cares, because he has no idea how to show an emotion about, like, wanting his master to not get hurt again. Like, that was precious. That was. Also, like, look, our dude is, he's getting better at people. He's just not there yet, which, that's fine. He, he's gone from... I don't want to people to, I want to, I'm just learning. Also, I do think that there's probably a level that they didn't really acknowledge where it's also, hey man, when I get back, I'm going to punch you in the mouth because you did murder a bunch of people right in front of me. And you will absolutely have it coming. Oh yes. Once all this world-saving business is taken care of, Bamba's going to sit him down and they are going to have a talk. That's a Yes, that's a very nice way to put it. But, you know, that's that's fine, because that's the sort of thing I'm, I'm really here for. E- even if it's just, like, a thing we talk about in, in like, a crossover movie later on or something. The, the, who are the next guys? Kira, Kira, um, Kira Major, I think? Yeah. yeah. Like, in, in Ryu Soldier versus Kira Major, it's just, oh, hey, you're the new Master Black. What happened to the old one? We talked. And just everyone one million is, years dungeon. Yeah, and just everyone else is just looking real uncomfortable. <laughs> well, what'd you talk about? We Stuff. talked. <laughs> I don't know, I just, I really like Intense Bomba. I also love that Melt just gets to be in the background of that shot laughing about it. Yes! 
Like, we don't see anyone else until we cut back to a wide shot, but Melt is just wandering through the back of that shot out of focus, laughing. Which is just, I really enjoy that. Just because he's the one that isn't Bamba's brother that Bamba is closest to. So getting to see him kind of have an emotional reaction to, like, his closest friend being teased was very, was just really fun. And then, you know, we cut to the wide shot and the whole team just descends upon the both of them trying to get them to loosen up and just admit that they care about each other. And it was just, it was a really sweet moment of the team coming together to try and stitch back together this one loose end of their constructed family. And you know how weak I am to specifically exactly that. I mean, look, who can blame you? It's a good moment. And, like, look, okay, earlier, again, we went off about Rusol Rust or Copper or Brown or whatever, but this was a great moment of levity and lightness and ha-ha and, hey, here's a character thing and everyone does some acting. It's it's really good, but that the Rusol Brown just doesn't, it doesn't work. Maybe maybe it's just that the hu- physical humor works better for the youngins. You know, what do I know? I'm pushing 40. But this bit, on an emotional level, was the best thing for me. I think the thing with Riesel Brown-ish is it's just the timing. Like, we had done the whole scene of getting Master Black's heart back and then rolled that into everyone throwing down with Gunjoji while, you know, Ko and Asuna run in unarmed to deal with Precious. And then Seto just shows up And there's this massive tone shift mid-scene where, like, everyone is... Having everyone in this scene kind of laughing stuff off before, right before we go into that, gives us a moment to breathe while we prepare for this really intense second act fight. But coming into the middle of the fight and having him just drastically change the tone... Like, we're, we're going to talk about it in a little bit. Actually, I'm going to talk about it right now because it's my next note. Okay. We've got this that jump scare of Precious as Ko and Asuna run into the cave. Oh, right. That was so good. Yeah. And we go from that. We literally go pretty much right from that into the Reusol Brown bit. And the tone shift of that is just so jarring. And I think that's really why it doesn't work. Yeah, no, I think I think you're absolutely right there. But man, that jump scare with you've got the the slow blink of the light, the barrier magic light like flashing as Ko and Asuna run in and you've got, you know, the one two third time it lights up, there's precious. That was real good. And I'm not into jump scares, but I think in this case it was a really effective way of showing them caught off guard. Oh, yeah. And it also really drove home that Precious ain't never once messed around. Not even once. No. And I think because it wasn't horror as much as suspense, and when you've got this monochrome light kind of fading in and out in the dark, you know something is going to pop oh, up. yeah. So you're braced for it. So I think that really worked. Yeah, they weren't trying. They weren't. They weren't trying to mess with you. They they let you know, hey, something's coming. Something's coming. 
and here it is. And that's, you know, they were fair with it, and that's good. And, like, you know it's precious, because that's who's inside. Yeah, that's the only we person know that. it could be. There's, there's really nothing unexpected about the sequence. It's just, it's framed in the way of a jump scare, which is weird, but it worked. But, man, Asuna just tearing out a chunk of wall to use as a battering shield was amazing. Yeah, it was. That was incredible. There, there were literal cheers over here. That was so good. It was just such a hell yeah moment. Yeah, I really wish that Ryu Soldier had played up her ridiculous strength more over the course of the show. Like, have her barehanded knock back mooks and have her barehanded maybe knock back a couple Minosaur now and then. Even if it doesn't kill them or even really do any significant damage, it just pushes them back and they're kind of stunned for a second. And then have her, like, try to do it to... Tank Joe or uh, Bodie McBoatface and have it not work because they're the tanks. They're the tanks of the party. Like, not only would that have emphasized Asuna's wild strength in that she could do that to enemies, but having some enemies where it doesn't work would emphasize how strong the Druidon are. And honestly, again, like, if she is just going to use the Earth itself as a shield, I just, yeah, we should have see, been seeing this sort of thing all throughout. Because we haven't got a lot of the, the really exaggerated stuff except for the first episode, this episode, and the focus episode in the middle. And I, I just wanted more. And I say that even as I appreciate how much they've they've been letting it be a thing throughout. I realize that she can't be the one who solves all the problems by punching them in half, but at the same time, I wouldn't have minded it happening more often. I just I just want the comedy bit where there would be a whole episode where they, they open with, well, look, we can't just punch this bad guy in the face. This requires a better solution. And everyone talks about why punching it won't work, and they keep up coming along with these big, complicated things because, I don't know, it's like a mist monster or something. And ultimately, she just beats it by punching it in the face. Why? Because she's that strong. That's what she does. Pink strong, that's her deal. I mean... It's just, there's so many situations where I'm like, what if you just let Asuna punch it? Yeah, that's what she do. But, you know, still, at least they have yet to do what I was afraid of, which would be, like, nerf it for the, for the finale. Not even, like, say, oh no, she's been depowered. It's just, forget about it. Because... It's not like that sort of thing doesn't happen. Yeah. Especially but I mean, look, they had her rip that chunk of wall out and just go at Precious that with it. That was so good. <laughs> oh, we don't have any weapons? I have the I have the planet itself. Come get some. So good. And getting to see the Ryusol combos in the fight that was going on outside was just... Oh no, that was when they were inside. They were going after Precious. Yeah, they were. Um, That was super cool. Yeah, it was. Um, I kind of wish they'd they done it more, but Same. just getting getting to see that and getting to, especially my favorite was getting to see Toa double up on Speed Souls and just be like, I know I'm injured, but I am just going to go absolutely wild to the point where she couldn't regenerate faster than he was coming oh, at her. So good. Honestly, for, for all I know that there are a, probably a couple more episodes where we'll get to see this sort of thing happening. 
I just, I do want to say, I, I would have loved to see them spend even more of this fight doing that. Don't even do the upgrades, just the Ryu Souls, you know, the thing of the show. And I don't know, like, I know I'm sounding like kind of a downer there. It's just, there's been a really good Sentai and it's coming to an end and I'm sad because, uh, they, like, for all there are a couple things I question, a couple bits where we weren't sure, uh, I just want more because this is a real good show. Yeah. Oh, but speaking of real good show, uh, Weisel rolling back in was so good. Because, okay, yes, I agree. Not as perfect as it could have been. But he shows up, does the presentation, is about to make a big speech, and Koreon just steps all over it. Because Koreon just... It, there's that whole bit like, what, you couldn't leave any exposition for me? Come on! I just came back from the dead! Just... Welcome back, Weisel. I'm really looking forward to your and Koreon's YouTube channel with the Mushroom Guy. It's going to be great. It's, their banter was so cute, and it was just so nice to see them fall right back into their dynamic. I just wish there had kind of been some hugging and crying. No, yeah, look, I'm I'm absolutely it, for that. It felt like they had reunited in, like, an off-screen off scene scene before this. And look, if, if they put that in, uh, was it 48? No, 47. Yeah. If they put that in 47, it's like a flashback. I'm not saying that'll make it all right, because, like, I'm with you. I, I want that. I want to see that as soon as possible. I think it would have made this this bit hit better. Yeah, I just... It was... Yeah, it, it was a great moment. Just couldn't leave um, any exposition for me, my... could you? Ah! <laughs> it was just... Again, as seeing as he was the guy who, who died on stage and weaponized the fourth wall for him to complain about not getting to do an exposition speech that was just that was brilliant but even more than my episode 45 called it i'm actually pretty dang proud of like my half called it on eris being some kind of soul that created the Druidons as guardians to protect the earth yeah it was a really good call the 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 perverted knights yeah, it's it's a little more complex than I had anticipated with having originally created the Ryu Soul tribe for that purpose. And then, you know, they started fighting amongst themselves. And then she tried to wipe them out with the Duridon. And having Precious kind of parallel the duty of the Ryu Soldier to the par the duty of the Duridon, like, that was all really cool. It really was. And okay, speaking of things getting wrapped up and, and little loose ends getting tied off... We hadn't heard anything about the third Ryu Soul tribe since that offhand reference, like, way back when. But now it sort of comes out that, oh, the third Ryu Soul tribe was the Duridon. And now that, that plot line has come back with a vengeance. And I couldn't be happier. That's really good. The only thing that's confusing me, maybe a little bit, is that the movie makes the timeline not totally sync up unless they had already been fighting before that. I couldn't tell. Because the, the the whole thing in the movie is that the literally Weisel and and uh no uh Tank Joe and Bodie McBoatface, I believe. Again, they they're they show up and they're giant and they make this comment about having destroyed all the Ryu soldier, the Ryu Soul tribe's spaceships, which they never address again. I, 
That is a, that is a hell of an offhand thing to say, I have to say. They just never go back to that, but then they start being like, okay, we're gonna pull down this meteor to, like, hit the Earth and kill them all. And then uh, the, the, like, leader at that time pulls kind of a, a, um, the, the villain from Promare. Don't, Cray something, Cray Forsyth, um, where he's like, okay, I'm gonna make, a, I'm gonna make a, a thing that'll save us, and I'm only gonna take the strongest people, so all y'all fight each other, and the winners get to be, the winners get to not die in the meteor strike. Oh, yikes. It's, uh, and he's, he's, like, got Geysorg, and Geysorg has, like, made him evil, and that's why he's doing this, um, and the the te, the Rhea Soul Caliber lady, uh, that's his daughter, and she's like, "Hey, Rhea Soldiers from the future." I forget how they get thrown back in time. It's very weird. Um, she's like, "Hey, please make my dad less crazy. Can can you help me out with that situation? The situation of making my dad less wanting to murder people." And, but it's, there's really no indication that they had been fighting before that, because at that point, I don't, I don't know if the Dino Knights would have existed at that point, uh, because we, I don't think we had, like, I don't know, it's, the timeline doesn't totally seem to line up, which is fine, I guess, because if you don't account for the movie at all, then... There's really nothing to throw that out of place. And again, I feel like the movie should be able to not affect the the overall larger plot of the show. So it's it's probably fine. It's just kind of now that I'm sitting here thinking about it. Yeah. I'm like there are, I need to f- I'm not 100% sure this lines up. Understandable cuz yeah, I'm I'm not sure, like, when the Dino Knights were built, and when Seto sealed them away, and when Mosa Rex took half the tribe down to the bottom of the ocean. I want, like, a time- I want a proper timeline. No, I, I get that. Because they've brought up all of these historical events in the tribe, and I just kind of want to know how it shakes out. Well, I'm- I'm- yeah. I certainly wouldn't mind. Goodness knows sometimes those are really good for making sense of things. But yeah, I think that's uh, that's about all we've got for, for this run-up to the end of Ryu Soldier. Uh, do we have any final thoughts? Um, real excited? Yeah, yeah. Wanna see, wanna see Eris? Glad that our, our final boss is a lady, even if it's a big monster lady. Kinda want Master Black Thousand Years Dungeon. Yeah, at least. No trial. You know what you did. You admitted to it. Just go in the jail. Anyway, for all of us here at Laser Knees and the rest of the TOOL Network, I'm Aleph. And I'm Sonic. And don't get kicked by a horse and die. <laughs>